Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries, and we just give you the praise, we give you the glory for you being here, and we have got a night tonight that you are going to be blessed abundantly, and I am just going to tell you right now, if you know of anybody that has got children or husbands or wives that are battling drugs, alcohol, gambling, sexual immorality, then you need to go call them up and tell them to tune in and listen to the testimonies you're going to hear tonight because we have got Teen Challenge here that are going to share their testimonies and we've got Rick and Donna who is the head of Teen Challenge in Davie, Florida and they're going to share their restored marriage. So you get double, triple and then I'm going to teach on top of that. So you are going to be filled up tonight, and we are excited for what God is going to do. And we are just asking you to please tell others about it so that they can listen to it live. And if not, they can listen to it tomorrow. My question tonight is, for our opening, is have you accepted God's calling on your life and on your marriage? Have you accepted it? Have you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit tell you you need to fight for your marriage? You need to fight for when God put you together, it said, till death do us part, for better, for worse, in sickness and health, till death do us part. Now, many of us, me, number one, since I have the testimony, I went to church, I went to my pastor, I went to a Christian counselor, and they wrote Bob off, hopeless. Forget it. it is never, he's never going to change. And this is after 19 years of us being married and having three children. They looked at the circumstances. They listened to what my circumstances were. But they did not open up the Word of God and say, but God says, and that is the secret. You know what? We can show all of how bad all of us have been, all the bad things we've said, we've done, but God says, repent, confess your sins. He is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My goal and our goal every day is that you will turn around and take your responsibility of turning your heart to be more like Jesus each and every day. Are we? Do we say, I lost my temper? 
I ran off at the mouth. I slammed the phone down on my husband or my wife. Or I got mad. I can't believe the circumstances I'm facing. It's not about circumstances. It's about Jesus Christ, the resurrection power that God showed us at the cross. He defeated death. He defeated Satan. And Jesus Christ arose. And we serve a risen Savior. And when we can get that in our mind, that Jesus Christ is on our team, God's on our side, the Holy Spirit was sent to us, and he's living within us, then we have got to come to the point that we acknowledge that Satan is trying to destroy us, to still kill and destroy our beliefs, the truth. And that is what I taught about last week, last month, which was just a short, short about truth. But I challenge you, you open up that word of God and you start speaking and reading the truth each and every day. And you will fill up your faith, your hope, your trust. You will start growing in the Lord like never before because it's not what the devil says. It's about what Jesus Christ has done and is doing in each of our hearts and lives. We're new creatures in Christ. You're going to hear about that tonight. And that is where I want you to understand that God is greater. So Jesus said in Matthew 4, 18 to 22, I'm opening up with this scripture, that Jesus calls first his disciples. Jesus is calling you to marriage restoration. He is knocking on your heart's door. Yes, you have a lot of circumstances. Yes, your spouse is, is not acting Christ-like. And yes, you, you may have been the one that caused the problems. But God says, I will give you a second, third, fourth, and fifth chance. I'm, I'm, I want to show you my mighty power. So Matthew 4, 18 to 22, I want you to think about this. What is your mountain? What is your circumstance with you only? We'll, we'll deal with your spouse in a little while, but where is, where, what is your problem? What is your weakness? What are you battling? And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net in the lake, and for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. For other men, for other women, other standards, that when you hear somebody at work that has marriage problems, or a drug addict, a child that's on drugs, or a husband that is addicted to, to pornography, or whatever it is, your mountain does not have to, you don't have to give up because of the mountain that you're facing. Jesus said, I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. The Lord has been knocking your heart's door to have you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a new way like never before. Are you growing in the Lord? Are you changing? Can your spouse or your mom and dad see the difference of who you are? And this says, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. 
And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat, and their father followed them. I am declaring and believing that God is knocking at the heart's door and saying, I want to use you. I want you to follow me. I have a plan and a purpose for you that's far greater than you can ever begin to imagine. But we need to pick up the cross and follow me first. Is he first in your life? Or do you have other things first in your life? What are you battling right now? So I'm challenging you to go and to know that in Matthew 5, just a little bit over, 14 to 16, he is asking us that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, all of you, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what light are you going to show your family at Thanksgiving and Christmas this year? What light are you shining? Are you going to radiate? Are you going to be moaning, groaning, complaining, and telling all the circumstances to all your family and friends? We have a choice. We can speak the truth, and we can speak what God is giving us and standing on the promises of God, or we can moan and groan at Thanksgiving and tell everybody, you know what? It's hopeless. They're going to tell us, get on with our life. What are you waiting for? Because of what we've spoken and are speaking. Woe is me. I'm challenging you that you will pick up the cross and that you are going to go and look at all the people at your homes or wherever you go and say, how many do not know the Lord Jesus Christ? And can I pray, and can, may I be a witness to pray for their salvation through the holidays? And keep on mind your prayer list for the future. You are a lighthouse wherever you go, at the grocery store or wherever. And I'm challenging you. Let's start praying. We've, I've already sent you a... News, uh, a devotional on Friday, where I'm going to talk about. But I've already challenged you. We need to break through for Thanksgiving and Christmas for many hundreds and thousands of standards and to have their marriage restored or have their husband or wife to get saved. But we need to get serious. First, we've got to get ourselves right first. And that's right now because it's the beginning of November and we are going to get started. Let's pray. Lord, I just praise you and thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our pathway. And Lord, we're asking you to speak to each of us, to guide us and direct us, to show us where we've gone wrong and given up or gone astray, or show us where we need to become more like you. Are we reading the word every day? Are we studying the word and applying it to our lives? Lord, I pray for the ones that are not here because of sickness and other situations. Lord, we just pray that you would be with all the ones that are not here, the ones that can't get here because of the distance. 
And we ask that you would bless them abundantly and guide them and direct them and meet their most urgent requests tonight, whatever it may be, finances or needing uh, money to pay a bill or need food in the cupboards. Lord, we are asking that you would meet their most urgent need. And we are praying in agreement that you are going to provide for them as your Jehovah Jireh. And Lord, we just ask that you would guide us tonight. Bless this meeting. Bless Team Challenge. Bless their testimonies. Bless Rick and Donna. Lord, bless me as I teach. And Lord, we are asking that we are sowing seed into people's hearts and lives around the world. And we ask that you will get the vision and pick up that cross and choose to follow your Lord Jesus Christ on his narrow road, which is the only way. And Lord, may you touch all the prodigals around the world and may they be, have Holy Spirit conviction like never before as we are praying tonight and interceding for them, sharing about victories in Jesus. Lord, we are asking that you would touch hundreds and thousands of men and women who are out on the road with drugs or alcohol or gambling, and may you break the, the bondage, the spirit that is of rebellion and disobedience. May you set them free from all the doors they've opened up. May you shut them and grab them and rescue them like an angel is pulling them out of the fire. Lord, we're asking you to set the prodigals free, and we will give you all the praise and the glory and honor. And I just thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now we are going to stand up and worship the King of Kings, and let's sing loud. Strength and nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open, strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible.
Chosen me, Lord, have 
Well, welcome to Rejoice Pompano. I'm Lori. For those of you that I haven't had the chance to meet yet, I'm Bob and Charlene's daughter. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. Um, we have a couple people from out of state visiting tonight. I know we have Dave here from Virginia and Tim visiting from Texas. Is there anybody else out of the area that's with us tonight? I think just those two. So welcome, you guys. Thanks for coming. You get the award for the, um, you know, most miles traveled. So... <laughs> The prize is nothing, but you get it. <laughs> so we're excited. Today when I was doing my devotions, the devotion was titled, The Blessing of Pain. And if ever there was a sentence that makes no sense, that would be the blessing of pain because pain is not a blessing, is it? It is a blessing, actually. I'm going to tell you why it is. There's a rare condition called congenital insensitivity to pain. Have you ever heard of that? Any doctors in the house? It's an inability to feel pain. So when boiling water falls on you, you don't know that it's scalding you. Or when something sharp pierces your skin, you don't realize that it's actually hurting you. But we don't have that, and so we feel pain. We feel physical pain. We feel emotional pain. Do you feel emotional pain right now? Yes. We, um, we don't like pain but we need it. And do you know why we need it? Because it alerts us that we need help. So when boiling water is falling on us, we need to stop that. Or when we have bleeding, we need to get help for that. And that's why pain is beneficial to us. Um, Hannah may not have called out to God when her womb was empty if she did not realize it. Or Job may never have truly seen the Lord without his heartache. Over and over in the Bible, we see examples of people that reached the end of their rope and felt the pain and called out to God. And that may be where you are tonight, where you are feeling such heartache and such brokenness and such pain over the situation that you're in, whether it's a prodigal spouse or whether it's a prodigal child or an addiction that you're dealing with or a loved one that's turned their back on you. But we can cry out to God and he can feel our pain and he can help us with that hurt and he wants to take it away from us. Um, guess what those people in the Bible did through their pain? Job, he worshiped through his pain because nothing will tick the devil off more than worshiping through your pain. And I'm kind of a stubborn person. I get that from my dad. And so if you can tick the devil off, I mean, that's a good thing to do is to just worship through your pain. On those days where you feel like it's too much, I can't take it anymore, and you continue to worship God, that is what you do. When we seek refuge in God, that's what the pain will allow us to do. I want to share a scripture with you. If you flip to Psalm 34, we're going to look at verses 17 and 18. Psalm 34, 17 and 18. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. Do you ever feel like he's not hearing you? He is hearing you. He delivers them from all their troubles. He is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. 
So highlight that verse, write it. That's a great one to have on your bathroom mirror. When you feel crushed in spirit and you have those days that you cannot continue, and be reminded that God does care for you. Well, I can't believe it's November already, and we are excited um, about the event we have tonight with Rick and Donna here. My mom already talked about them a little bit. Um, before they come up and share with us, I want to just see, do we have any birthdays for the month of November? If you have a birthday in the month of November, will you stand? Donna, Charlene has a birthday in November. She's not listening to me, though, but... <laughs> So happy birthday, all of our November birthdays. Um, your gift tonight is a free item from the bookstore. So if you'd like to take a free book or CD, you can help yourself to something. Do we have any anniversaries in November? Stand. If you have an anniversary, awesome. One, just one? No other anniversaries? Okay, well, happy anniversary. So you may also help yourself to um, an item at the back. Well, tonight, um, you've heard already about Teen Challenge that's here. You are going to be blessed by them and encouraged. Um, you may have already seen that they have a table set up here, and they've got some jewelry that the ladies have made. Um, and I just want to encourage you to take time to stop by there. Um, look at their items that they have there, and there's some material. If you know somebody that could benefit from what they offer, um, feel free to take that. You can speak with Rick and Donna after about that, and um, they can be a blessing. This ministry is one that, um, man, I think for most of the time that Rejoice Marriage Ministries has been um, in business, we have supported. And it was something that when my parents started Rejoice Marriage Ministries, they knew that they did not want the cycle of giving to stop. And so when people tithe or buy a product from Rejoice, we tithe off of that. And we have about 20 ministries that we tithe to faithfully, and Teen Challenge is one of them. They are fruitful with their money. They, um, the Lord is blessing it, multiplying it, just like he does for all these ministries where he he makes a lot out of nothing. And so there's a basket there. And if you would like to help support them, um, I brought a check from us tonight to give them. And I would just ask you also to pray about if you want to help support them as well tonight. So enjoy your time with them. I know they're going to bless your heart. And um, we'll hear from Teen Challenge now. Certainly, we cannot claim a magical cure for addiction. The devil which hides in the needle, the pills and the powder, is so deadly strong that any such claim would be foolish. All we can say is that we have found a power that captures a person more strongly than narcotics, but it captures only to liberate. There is a war raging, more serious than geopolitical conflict. A greater threat than radical religious extremism. 
more serious than cybercrime, mayhem, and terrorism, and it touches us all. In the face of broken dreams, betrayal, violence, poverty, and pain, over 370 million have turned to drugs for escape. My life was a total mess. I had been sexually abused my entire childhood, and although I had came from a loving home, I never learned how to truly love myself. There's horse anesthesia. Horse tranquilizer. Yeah, horse tranquilizer. We, they use meat tenderizer. There's a whole bunch of chemicals. And what, did you inject it? Or? I, I started injecting it. A lot, a lot of people have died. That's why I'm actually scared about it. It's not easy. By the time I got to Teen Challenge, I was broken and crushed in spirit. I was anorexic, addicted to drugs, and hopeless. Cocaine when I was 17 years old, and by the time I was 19 years old, I was a full-blown heroin addict with no hope and no future for my life. I'm 38 years old, I have three kids, and I'm a Teen Challenge graduate. Fathers, mothers, families, daughters and sons trying to bury their despair under a blanket of narcotics. Teen Challenge has a strategy to win that war. Today I have come say thank you. You gave my son back to me. I am thankful to Teen Challenge for giving my son back. My name is Megara. I am 16 years old. I started to use her heroin when I was 15 years old. Rejected by her family, she found herself on the street, pregnant and abandoned when Teen Challenge reached out to her. Giving myself to God was the most important decision in my life. Now I have a real family. <laughs> now I have a real relationship with God. And now I have hope. Teen Challenge taught me the biblical principles and foundations of having an intimate relationship with Christ. And that was everything that I had always been missing. They showed me how to see my worth in Him and to see myself as He created me, beautifully and wonderfully made. They sent me to Libya to study Islam. For 18 years, I had a job to call Muslims to prayer. I was hopeless. I decided to kill myself many times. God's love has changed me. Jesus Christ, stop. Hallelujah. In Teen Challenge, I found joy, peace, and everything that I was really looking for. God's plan is always the perfect plan. 
I've now finished the program at Teen Challenge, and I'm doing an internship here at Davie. Jesus Christ has turned me from a hopeless dope fiend into a dopeless hope fiend. The best thing that happened to me at Teen Challenge was I met Jesus Christ, and he filled me with his love. They told me about Teen Challenge Center, uh, where I may go and uh, get to know more God. And I was glad that such a place like that exists. My name is Lubor, and I am a miracle. My name is Farrell, and I'm a miracle man. <laughs> I found an identity in Christ. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. And I'm a changed man, and I'm here to change the world and to bring people who are lost and bound and trapped in addiction into the kingdom of God. There's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about how God restores beauty from ashes, and that is exactly what God has done in my life, and I'm so thankful for that. Good to know that there is hope. And um, Teen Challenge is not just for teenagers. Um, we have an adult women's home in Davie, but um, it started out by David Wilkerson and it was geared towards um, working with teenagers, gang members, and, and um, then they found a Dave, David Wilkerson who was at the beginning of this video. He, uh, he found out that there um, was more connected. There was, um, there was drugs and, and, um, and then prostitution and all kinds of things were involved and, and a lack of family um, presence in the home. And so, um, and so it birthed in Brooklyn, New York, and it grew to now over um, 1,600 programs around the world. We're um, globally um, in, in um, I think, 140 countries around the world and, and growing, and we're going to get in every country. And, um, and also, um, here in the United States, over 200 centers. And so we've been here in Broward County. Rick and I have been here for 29 years. Teen Challenge has been here just a little bit longer. And uh, we just celebrated our 29th anniversary um, a couple of uh, weeks ago. And so, um, but, uh, so if you know anyone, everybody knows someone. And if you don't know someone, you will meet someone very soon who needs help or who needs to be pointed in the direction of, um, of a program like Teen Challenge. Um, we also do referrals. Everybody doesn't need an in-house program, but we are a 12, minimum of 12-month 12 residential program. And, um, and so we take in people who have had uh, problems that they could not overcome and they needed somebody like kind of like the intensive care unit of the hospital. They needed somebody to walk beside them and, um, and be there and, and show them that they can do it and that there is hope. But I just wanted to share a, a few statistics beside wh what was on here on this video but um, about the opiate epidemic. And in Florida, last year, there was 4,000 people who died 
from an opiate overdose. And that's huge. In Miami alone, 12 overdoses daily. Uh, paramedics and police officers are now carrying um, carrying a drug called naloxone, and that's to reverse the overdose um, uh, symptoms, but but uh, keep the, actually keeping those victims from dying um, because people are are just are just going down left and right, and it's sad. And, and you may have a family member or a friend who has an addiction, and please don't hesitate to stop by our table, pick up a brochure or business card, and call us. Um, if we can help, we'll direct you to somebody who can. Um, it's a worldwide pandemic. Um, many begin um, because of an injury, they might uh, begin taking an opiate because they were prescribed, and they think it's okay because a doctor prescribed it. But it then it uh, snowballs and turns into an addiction, and um, and it's very very sad. And some people, very very young, they get on um, they get on opiates and um, and then don't know how to come off. The average lifespan of a drug addict from the time they start using is 15 to 20 years. Um, that's another sad statistic. Um, 24.6 million are currently in a marriage that has one spouse addicted to drugs or alcohol. And um, yeah, that's, that's heavy. I mean, you know, there's so many um, marriages that are suffering and not just marriages, then families and, and then communities. And um, it's, it's, um, it's a killer. And, um, but you know what? Our governor declared a statewide crisis. You've heard um, our president declare a nationwide health epidemic. And, um, but I'm declaring to you today that there is hope. There is hope and we have the key. We have the key. And if you don't know Jesus today, I want to tell you something. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And whatever pain you're suffering, whatever you're walking through, um, God is able. He's able to do more than we can think or ask. So I'm going to have the ladies come up. And, and what we do is we share a little bit of our lives. Um, we share in song and drama. And um, a couple ladies will share their testimony. And just um, they'll just open up a little bit to you and share um, a little bit of their lives, and some of it might be a little bit raw, some of it um, um, might be a little bit painful for um, even the hearer, but I want to tell you, God is more than able to use these situations, just as was spoken on this video, and some of these ladies um, in giving testimonies and the pictures were from our program and went through the program, and, um, and I want to tell you, God uses... Um, their testimonies as as healing tools and so I uh, just open up your hearts and um, allow God to do what he wants to do in your life today
20 years old and um, how I got to Teen Challenge is kind of an overall like my whole life process is what led me here. Um, I was raised basically by my single mom. My dad was out of my life by the time I was two years old. He was uh, very abusive towards my mom uh, physically and emotionally. Um, so they were divorced at a very young age, so my mom raised me, and I, you know, I was raised in the church, but when I was uh, about 13 or 14 years old, my dad had a stroke, and it was from drug abuse that he hid from my entire family. Uh, nobody knew about his drug abuse and he suffered a massive stroke that left him unable to walk, unable to talk, or even remember um, my name. And after that, he just, he left. And I haven't seen him since. And that just kind of sent me into a deep depression. I was depressed for so long and 
I turn to uh, self-harm and self-abuse, every eating disorder I, I like struggle with. Um, even and especially like when I left to college that just kind of gave me, um, I felt even more empty. There was just a spot there where my dad had promised so many things to me and my brothers and sisters and he just fell through. And that just left me feeling so, so empty, so anxious. I, um, I hated myself, I just, everything about myself I wanted to change. I wish I could change. Um, it left me with a lot of anxiety. I was at a point where I wouldn't even leave my room. I wouldn't leave to do anything. Everything just made me so scared and so hurt. I couldn't, I just had a place where I felt like I couldn't trust people. I trusted no one and I was just so alone there. But um, at Teen Challenge, I'm learning how to value myself and how to trust people and that I have a dad who's, I have a father who's not going to abandon me, who still cares about me and who I can trust and I can tell him anything and that he loves me. And all the lies I told myself or you know believed about myself um, were lies and I don't need to think about things like that. So the verse that I have is Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I'm learning to think about things that are true that my heavenly father tells me. Hello, my name's Elisa, um, I'm 42 years old. And I've been with Teen Challenge for almost six years now. Um, growing up for me was um, very hard. I grew up in a home full of anger. Uh, my mom and dad were together until I was eight years old. And up until that time, my dad was an alcoholic and he used to abuse my mom. And um, so at the age of eight, they started splitting up and um, it left me devastated. It made me think that I had done something wrong. And um, so he was in and out of my life, in and out um, with other women. And, and um, it just made, and he, he, and he finally settled down and got married to someone else. And he took on that family. And he like basically left me and my sister and pushed us to the side. So. That just devastated me, and at the age of 13, I started hanging around the wrong crowd and smoking cigarettes, marijuana, and that just led deeper to deeper stuff. And um, I was in and out of adolescent behavioral health care places at the age of 14 years old. And um, because I, rebel I was so rebellious, and I just, anything that had to do with authority or people that were supposed to love me, I pushed them away. And 
I didn't want anything to do with them because I had been hurt. And so um, I've been in and out of jails, rehabs, um, prison. I've been to prison and I can remember coming out of prison in 2009 and I wanted Jesus in my life. And um, I received Jesus again because I, I received Jesus when I was four years old, but I had ran from that um, my whole life. I've been back and forth with the Lord. But I can remember 2009 re, uh, rededicating my life to the Lord, and um, I didn't get plugged in. And so me not getting, I went to church, but nothing was changing, you know. And so um, within a year, life started hitting me in my face. You know, I had ch children, and I was uh, had child support and all this stuff, and I just didn't know how to handle it because I didn't lean on God. I didn't have a relationship with him. And so um, I ended back up in jail. And this last time that I was in jail, I was facing 15 to 25 years. But God had another plan for me. And I'm so thankful. When I came in the Teen Challenge, I just wanted to do my time and go. But that was over five years ago. <laughs> So God, God got a hold of my life, and now he's just restoring all kinds of things. I mean, my dad, I've seen my dad, and we've told each other we loved each other, and for me, that's good enough. Um, and um, my mom and my relationship is um, growing, and my children, I have four kids. Um, two of them have been restored to me. And I now have a grandbaby. Yeah, and so um, God's just restoring everything. Like even, and, and what amazes me the most is even, in, I mess up all the time. I'll get, you know, angry or this, you know, and I do these things, but he still continues to bless me because no matter what I do, he's still faithful. And so um, the scripture I want to leave you with is in uh, Matthew 27, and it says, if Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rains came and the waters rose and the wind beat against that house, it did not fall because its house was on the rock. Thank you for letting me share. to do one last presentation and so I just want to draw your attention to if you want to go by the table and and um, like um, someone said that we do have some items over there for sale and all we have lots of literature so please stop up and stop there and pick up something and um, we have our sponsorship program and you can stop and and um, if you're interested in sponsorship you can pick up a brochure and talk to somebody about it if you'd like and so um, we hope that we have blessed you in some small way and know that um, that no matter what um, you're going through um, you gotta press in because he's really he is the faithful one and um, and he has a plan and a purpose for everything in our lives.
Anybody in here dependent on Jesus? I mean, like, totally dependent on Jesus. And there's no point without him. It's a waste of time without him, right? Yeah. Feel free to sing with us. The song is simple. It says, Tell me what can I do? Cause I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Oh, tell me, what can I do? Cause I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Oh, tell me, what can I do? Cause I can't live without you. Can't live without you. Oh, tell me, what can I do? I can't live without you So here's my heart Here's my mind I give you my soul, Lord I need you to take control Because I tried it all Tried it on my own But what I found is I can't make it on my own
Father, we come before you right now and we commit this time to you, Lord. God, I pray that every person in this room, God, will be enlightened that there is hope, God. Father, you have allowed us to, to be part of this service tonight. And Lord, I pray that as we continue to challenge every person in this room, that your light is going to shine in their darkness, God. Father, you've come to set the captives free, Lord. You've come to bring healing and deliverance, Lord. You've come to bring hope. And we want that hope tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening. It's good to be here tonight. These are not normal settings for us. You know, we always travel and we go to different churches. And, and we want to challenge the church, the body of Christ, to be about God's business. And, you know, you, you question, you know, what does uh, a program like Teen Challenge have to do with Rejoice Ministry? Well, it has a lot to do with it. Because our, our students have been devastated, a lot of them, including myself. I grew up in, in New York City, was born and raised, uh, born in Manhattan, delivered to the Bronx. But I never met my father. When I went to New, when I, when I moved, I moved with, with four of my siblings to the South Bronx and, and never had a father in the picture. Had a stepfather, had two stepfathers, as a matter of fact, but I never had a real father. I met my father when I was 14 years old for the first time. But you know, I, I never had a relationship with him. I didn't understand why he abandoned us, why he left us. Whatever happened between him and my mother, that was between them. But we had to suffer the consequences of his sin. And, and, I, and I pray that tonight that your hearts will be open. If you have kids, how many of you got kids? Let me see your hands. I don't know where you're at with your relationship with your kids. You know, I see a lot of women here. And, I would say 85% of the time, the women have the kids. 
and the men take off. You know, I, I deal with a lot of women. I deal with a lot of people in the program, so I understand a lot of things. If you're a man, go after your children. I don't care what it takes. Go after your children. Women, if you don't have your kids, go after your children. You know, um, Charlene had mentioned, you know, my wife and I's marriage. We never had a broken marriage. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, we, we didn't have a broken marriage, but we almost did. You know, my wife and I got married, and, you know, I'm from New York. I'm, I'm a crazy Puerto Rican, and, and she's a white girl from New York, you know. And there were several times that, but matter of fact, let me take you to the beginning where, where God spoke to me, and, and we, we were seeing each other, we were talking, you know, and he spoke to me. He said, just love her. And this happened a time that my wife and I were not even married, and, and we were living in Winter Haven, close to Lakeland. And, and about 15 of us came to, to Fort Lauderdale, and we were ministering in the streets. And as I was driving the van, I pulled up to a, a light at the beach, and the Lord spoke to me right there and said, just love her. And I'm like, just love her. And I'm like, you know, who he's talking about? And then all of a sudden, we ended up getting married, you know, and, and I ended up, uh, we, me and her, several times, we've gotten into all kind of arguments, all kind of fights. And one day, I was standing in front of a mirror, and we lived in the crisis center. The women lived in the middle of, of the house. My wife and I lived on one side. The staff lived on the other. So every time we got into an argument, everybody heard it. Just getting married, everybody knew our business. So one day, me and her got into an argument, and I turned around, and I looked at her, and I was so angry at her that I really wanted to choke her. But you see, before I went into Teen Challenge, I was involved in a relationship. And I ended up putting this woman in the hospital. And, and the reason why I did it, not because I was abusive, but because she had did me wrong with several guys while I was in jail, number one. And number two, she ended up going to bed with my own brother and then moving in with him. And that destroyed my heart. That woman I almost married, but I thank God that I didn't. So I made a promise that I would never in my life ever hit a woman again. And I've stuck to that promise till this day. But we stood there and we stood in front of that mirror and I looked at her and I'm standing there with a big cup of pound cake and milk, mushed. And I looked at her and I was so angry at her and God knew my heart, he knew my thoughts. And they were about ready to come together and he spoke the words again. He said, just love her. And I woke up and I realized, oh, she's the one. So being that I made a promise and I tend to keep to my word, I threw the pound cake in her face. <laughs> I didn't hit her. And she stood there with pound cake dripping and we turned our face and we looked at the mirror and we both started laughing. 
that was the first time where we started communicating right. It took a pound cake. I never, I never, let me get, let me get the Bible for a minute. You know, I never, my wife would tell you, she has put me in a position to, to really, you know, react. But the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. I don't think you heard me. The word of God says love covers a multitude of sin. So wherever you are today in your walk with God, God said love covers a multitude of sin. One of the scriptures that really ministered to me a lot, that light is bright. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And I'll leave it at that. Love your wives. And I know sometimes some of them are very hard to love. Imagine I was a womanizer and God sticks me in a program with a bunch of women. <laughs> he, he lost his mind. But you know, God put a love in my heart for people. He put a, heart, a love in my heart for women because of what's taking place in their life, what they've been through. I had a young lady come in the program. She wasn't a lesbian. She just dressed up like a boy. And the reason why she did that is because something happened to her. And she put that on to keep men away from her. So one day I stood there and God spoke to me and said, share your testimony, or, well, part of your testimony. And the, and the part that I, I shared with her, with the other ladies there, was because this girl did everything she could to stay away from me. You know, in the program that we run, the girls cut the grass, they dig holes, they dig ditches, you name it, they do it all. And, and this girl here did everything she could to stay away from me. And I stood there and I shared with her that when I was five years old, I got sexually molested by a babysitter. When I was eight years old, I got sexually molested by a man that we looked up to. And that changed her life. That young lady came up to me and says, can I talk to you? And I said, yes. And she says, I want you to know that I really appreciate you being transparent and open with me, with us. Your testimony really touched my heart, you know. So now we're able to talk and communicate. And that's one of the problems with marriages today. You know, and I tell you, I am guilty as, as, as can be as I'm standing here. Communication. When you don't communicate with your wife, you don't communicate with your husband, that becomes a big problem. I'm still learning that. 
I thank God this woman hasn't given up on me. And I mean it when I say that. You know. God has a purpose for each and every one of you in this room. And the choice is going to be up to you. You know, we, we're celebrating 29 years of being married. And it's not nothing that I've done, but it's because of God. God has kept us together. God has done a work in our life. And you probably say, well, well how can you understand what, what we go through? We live with our students. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I just got off the phone a, a few days ago before we left on our, our anniversary with a young lady that was separated from the father of her kid or her husband. He was in prison for eight years. And she's got three kids. One of them is with him. And all of a sudden, she, we talked to her about coming in that area. We want to see her. She turns around, and she, she was getting nervous. Because three months ago, she got connected. Her husband came out of prison. And they were going to get divorced. And all of a sudden, when they went and met, this was, he was out already eight months. They went, and they were going to get the divorce. And she just looked at him and said, would you like to give this a shot? And he looked at her and he goes, sure. So they talked and they communicated for three months. And then in the fourth month, he moved back in. But you know what started that? He went looking for his son. And he found his son. He wanted to be a father. He couldn't see his son for eight years while he was in prison. God changed this young lady's heart. God changed his heart and brought them back together. And I was ticked off. She calls me pop. She tells me about her mother. She tells me about her brother. She tells me about her sister. But she never told me anything about what was going on. I got on that phone and I chewed her out. We went out to eat, sat down with her husband right there. I chewed her out right in front of him and he laughed. And he said, yep. And I said, if you're going to communicate with me, you're going to call me Papa, you're going to love me like a father, then you need to learn how to communicate with me. And I instantly fell in love with the guy, man. The guy was cool. You know, but she was so afraid. The Bible says love casts out all fear. You can't be afraid of things. You got to communicate. We have another young lady by the name of uh, Amanda. Amanda came into the program. She left at three months. When she got to the bus station in Fort Lauderdale downtown, nobody wanted to pick her up. She said, you, they said, you're on your own. So she turned around and tried to call her husband. And he called me up. Now, they were separated for four years. She had already got into another relationship, turned around and, and ended up with a child, you know, with her best friends, you know, uh, with, with her husband's best friend. And, and her life, you know, she was messing everything up. She was messing up. She took her father and her mother and she turned them against. I'm sharing something with you that she shares. And God turned around and began to do a work in this guy's life. He came in. We sat with him. We talked to him. We did counseling with them. She ended up graduating the program because we took her back in. She ended up leaving. And then all of a sudden, the problem started to happen. 
But you see, she got the tools. She got the power. She got the hope. And she began to really apply what she had learned in Teen Challenge. You see, if you don't apply anything that you learn here in Rejoice Ministry, then it's not going to work for you. That young lady began to apply what she learned. Today, I spoke to her, and I called her. She was in class. She's in college. She got her three kids back. She got reunited with her husband, and, 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 and they're living together, and they love each other. And then she started calling me and all the headaches. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, they're getting into fights. They're arguing this and that, you know. And, and I found out what happened. She keeps calling her father. And I'm like, I called the dad and I said, mind your business. She's married to him, not to you. She's your daughter, not your wife. So back off. Father finally woke up. He backed off. And God began to do a work in the marriage. They've been to counseling and everything is working out great. You know what? The calls now are not angry calls. She don't call me that much anymore. <laughs> but when she does, it's a good call. And that's what we do in Teen Challenge. We minister to people, you know. We, we encourage them. If they, 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 they come from broken homes, divorced homes. My mother, my father divorced. I never had a dad in my life. When I used to connect with, oh, with men that I knew, I looked up to them and I respect them. Whether they like it or not, I call them pop. Or I call them dad. You know? If you have issues in your life, man, you have to take what you learn and apply it. And begin to live it out. Don't try to force yourself on somebody. Live it out. Let God lead you. The Bible says that the footsteps of a righteous man or, or a woman are ordered of the Lord. God's going to direct you. When God gave me my wife, you know, let me tell you something. Everybody that were in our, our authorities put their blessing on it. And I thank God for what he did in our lives and what he's doing now. We have the opportunity as a husband and wife, to show these ladies what it's like to live. Do we have our misunderstandings all the time? And we still do. But you know what? They're not like what they used to be. I don't waste my pound cake no more. <laughs> I eat it. <laughs> and you know what? She buys it for me all the time. <laughs> I don't know if she's doing it because she's trying to test me, you know. <laughs> But I've made a word, and, and, and I'm sticking to it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But, you know, God has been good to me. I, I've been, my life has been a mess. I've been messed up. I've had close to $1,000 a day cocaine habit, been in and out of jails, you know, partied here and there. And like I said, I was a womanizer, you know, but God taught me how to be respectful. Is my time over? Is it? I don't see no paper over there. You got to get white paper with black signs. <laughs> but anyway, I want to say uh, thank you for allowing us to be here today. And um, folks, let me tell you something. There's hope.
if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. If God can do it for Amanda, if God can do it for Cassette, and bringing the family together, he can do the same for you. But you got to apply what he's trying to teach you. And don't try to rush it neither. You know, one day is like a thousand to the Lord. And a thousand is like one day to the Lord. Father, we pray for your blessing upon each and every one of these individuals. And I pray for your perfect and your divine will <clears throat> to be done. That every seed that has been planted here today, that it will fall on fertile ground and produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'm sorry if I went over. That's we, right. we, we're going to blame your daughter because she, <laughs> she's got this red paper when, and I don't see no word. That's somebody to blame, right? I'm good at blaming too. So That's right. <laughs> Thank you for Rick and Donna and for all the women from uh, Teen Challenge. You have touched my heart tonight, and uh, I know that you have touched many others, and you've touched many around the world. Because the bottom line is, is that there are many husbands and wives and people who have children that are young adults or teenagers that are on drugs or battling addictions of many sorts. And so we just got to get serious. That's right. I don't need one of those, do I? I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, he gives it to me and I take it, you know. Do not do that about drugs or anything like that. <laughs> Teach your children. Do not take something and just take it. You know, know what you're taking or doing. And if somebody flirts with you, do not go down that road. So, you know what? I am just telling you. Rick, good example. I just got to use the teaching out of that. But honestly, I just want you to, to get, think about who do you know at work, at church, or anybody that has a kid, a young adult, or as older women and men. They, they have them everywhere, all over. So to God be the glory for Teen Challenge. And uh, we thank you for them being here tonight. I hope you go over. I hope you talk to them. And I hope you can bless them also. Okay, we're not going to have a song like we normally had because we had all this. So we're going straight into teaching. And uh, to God be the glory for hearing all of them, what they have done, and everything. I'm just, I love them. I've known them at our church for so many years. And, uh, and to God be the glory. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for tonight. We thank you for what we've learned and heard and what we can apply to our own lives about being husbands and wives. Now, Lord, I pray that any of all of us that have weaknesses or failures, that we would learn to apply the word and get the word hidden into our heart that we might not sin against you, that we would crucify the sinful nature. We would say no to drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling, and all the other sinful natures that are there. Lord, you can be even addicted to video games as kids. May we teach them that we do not want 
to have addictive behaviors. And Lord, we would break the chain of bondage in each and every one of our husbands and wives and children for anything that can be addictive behavior or problems. Lord, we ask that you would touch us, open our spiritual eyes, ears, and heart tonight as we read the word and we apply it to our hearts as we ask you to go rescue the perishing. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I am talking on rescuing the perishing we, because there is nothing that is uh, happening so quickly and so suddenly is that we have people that are falling into sin, but they're headed to the consequences of their sinful lifestyle. And if they were to die suddenly, as we can pray, and I must mention, as I did a couple of years, uh, months ago, about Las Vegas shootings, we must mention the shootings in Texas. We must mention that we need to be praying for them. There were a baby and up to 77 years old that were killed in that church. If you do not know about it, turn on the TV tonight and you will learn about it. There is, it, it was not terrorist attack, it appears, but family problems. And this is a consequence of it. And I am saying, this is why we're here. This is why he talked about, we need to knit our families together. We need to learn how to control our tempers. And we need to, to pray for husbands and wives and children and family members, all of them, aunts, uncles, and cousins, all of them, that they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the answer for every one of us. He's the answer for you and your extended family. I know as a fact that I have many children that have been wounded so badly that they have become atheists who grew up in this church, grew up into the Bible study, and then they turn their hearts to anger and bitterness of their mother or father, not coming home, not being obedient to the word of God. And they then build up all that anger and bitterness. It has to go somewhere. We ask it to go to where the Lord touches them and change their hearts and their lives forever. That is what your job is. Your job is not for pray for your husband or wife to come home and you stop there and you get so consumed that that becomes an idol. And then you start sinning against God because you have put your marriage and your wife or husband before God. So we don't want any idols. We don't want us sinning against God. We want to grow in the Lord, and we want to pray for marriage restoration. A healthy marriage 
healthy children, and that, and that we pray for all the family members. And you know what? I met with somebody today, and I meet with people. I talk to them on the phone, and, you, and we know each other when we meet here afterwards. And, and you know what? I've got, I've got a man that is, is staying at his mother-in-law's house while he goes visits his wife and his children in another state. That's a huge praise. Because you know what? My mother and father-in-law were not too happy when I divorced Bob. And then I went and told them all that he had done. That wasn't good either. You know what? You think they deserve to know how bad it was, so I've got rights to divorce him. Would Jesus say that? Would Jesus do that? Well, no, both of those, if you don't know the answer. And I want to tell you, I did it. And you want to tell everybody, all your family and friends, how bad your spouse was, or is, or doing now. But what would Jesus say? He would say, rescue the perishing. Quit telling them all how bad it is. You should be praying for them. If you want to say anything to anybody, tell them to pray for your marriage. Pray for your children. Pray for lost loved ones. We need to keep focused and not, like I said last month, believe the lies of the enemy. And the devil's lies is that we would speak all these garbage to our family and friends that does not help anybody. It destroys the character. And then they, I, for, I had forgiven Bob, and God told me to forgive him, and all of a sudden, I, had, I went back and told them, I'm now praying for my marriage because I went to church, and they had a restored marriage there, and I didn't even know half the scriptures they were talking about. And I, I failed, and I realized God was putting Holy Spirit conviction, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you didn't do that. But I went to them and I said, I know that you probably will never speak to me, but I'm going to tell you, I, I want you to know that there is, um, I, I repent to you and I've repented to Bob and I want you to know that I am going to stand and pray for my husband forever and that God has spoken so clearly to me that, um, that he is my husband, my one flesh, and I'm going to fight and pray for him not to marry other people. And if he marries the second, third, or fourth, it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay. I'm going to honor my wedding vows. And that's what my challenge is to you. Honor your wedding vows. You know, honor what God has spoken to us, you know, in the Bible. And let me just remind you what it says. Let me just share with Matthew uh, 19. We're going to start there. God is a God of forgiveness. But God is a God that he wants us to, to, to follow his word. As, and there are different, different circumstances. But let me read this. Verse 19, Matthew 19, verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So the two became one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. 
And Jesus, let me jump to verse 8. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. And the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. And Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those who have been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men. And others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. You have a call on your life. When God speaks to you, and I said this at the beginning, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. I was so angry when I divorced Bob. I allowed anger, bitterness, and hatred. Then you can go down unbelief, doubt, hopelessness that God can do anything. But I'm telling you, I had a heart that was going to die in one year back 17 years ago. And I was in the ER and the Lord said, if you were to serve the doctors that I worked for for 25 years, do you want to serve them? Or do you want to quit your job and go into full-time ministry with the marriage ministry, which we had part-time? And I said, I will serve you, Lord. Then you've got to give your dismissal to your bosses that you've just had a 25th anniversary on. And they said, I said I'd be there for another 25 years, God willing. And all of a sudden, I'm going in and in December. And I said, God has spoken to me in the emergency room with my chest pain. And I said, if I was to die for a year, in a year, who would I want to be working for? And I said, I want to work for my God, my Lord, my Savior. And he, um, I said, so I'm giving you my notice. They were stunned and shocked, but they knew one thing. They knew I loved the Lord with all my heart. And they had seen me divorce my husband. They had seen me say how bad he was. And then they saw me go back in and repent to my bosses, many of them, there were 12 doctors, and say, uh, due to my lack of knowledge, due to my lack of wisdom of knowing the word of God from the beginning to the end, I sinned against God and divorced my husband. I didn't realize that I was one flesh. I didn't realize that the wedding vows I made for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, sickness and health till death to us part. I should have thought that meant me, the vow I made. So I want us to understand that when I gave my notice to them, I knew God had spoken to me like never before, never, never, never. And, but I want to tell you, I'm standing here now, 17 years later, and they did diagnose me after I got sicker and I kept getting sick and couldn't breathe. And I thought, man, I lost all my energy after I worked all of those 25 years. And I went to the doctor, called up, and said, how are you, having, how are you doing with your ministry? I said, I'm barely walking. And they said, well, come in and let us check you out. And I had cardiomyopathy and a lot of other diagnoses. And you're going to die in a year unless you have a heart transplant. Well, the Lord, I said, Lord, told me if I was going to die, 
well, I'm going to die, then I'm going to die, but I'm going to work for him. And I said, I believe my Lord can heal me or I'm going home with him. And I said, so I'm going to pray for a divine healing because I know God healed our marriage. So I'm going to believe he's going to heal my heart. He touched our hearts for marriage restoration. He can touch my heart for physical healing. And the Lord really spoke to me about healing of scriptures, of take the scriptures where it says, and let me just flip back over that I read this morning. Jesus heals the sick. I don't know why he showed that to me this morning, but Matthew 4, <clears throat> verse 23, I know why now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I only get a cold the week before I teach. Now, I would not say that's a coincidence, but I would say it comes from the enemy, not from Jesus. But I'm fine tonight. Matthew 4, verse 23. And I read to you about how come follow me right above it. And God was calling me and calling you to be fishers of men. Now go to verse 23. Jesus went through Galilee and teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. <clears throat> Excuse me. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed him. I can tell you that Bob and I wrote a book, Be Healed, many years ago, because Bob was touched and healed after he had his original stroke at 49, and we went through illnesses for 16 years with him. God is a God of miracles, and he's a God of miracles for your marriage, and it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It matters that you believe the truth and the word of God and that you will believe it. Yes, I went to that doctor and he said, wow, your, your, your report looks pretty bad. This is what it says. But 17 years later, when I had some other work done and the doctor saw me this year, I now have a heart that is now, he says, is as perfect as anybody else's. It is awesome. He says, I cannot believe that. Now, I said, so can you say now that I was touched and received a miracle from God? And he said, yes, I can. <laughs> now, I want to tell you, I've been asking him to do that for 17 years. <laughs> but he would always add a, uh, 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 mm, mm. And, but, to th but this time. But this year, he has seen the hand of God on my life with physical illness, and my heart is better than ever before. That is what God can do for your marriage, to be better than it was before. We don't want to put two together and hang by a thread. We want it to be better than it ever was. 
And that is what Rick is talking about. That's what he's talking about. His girls, he doesn't want them just clean for this year. He wants them clean and family restoration for all their life and forever. And they may trip and fall the first year or something. But God's going to pick them up, as, and as Rick says, he's going to say, I taught them the principles and the word of God, and God is going to go pick them up and get them back on the right track. And it's not the devil's way. You've got to understand you are fighting the spiritual battle. And he just talked about it. But we need to pray. And when you see that news that you, I saw Sunday night, I want you to stand up and I want you to pray for others and not just turn and flip the station and go on. Shame on us. We that are prayer warriors and intercessors for our marriages and for families and loved ones we're around, we need to pray for others. And if you don't have a list, you need to start one. You need to start a prayer journal, and you need to put people down. And your life will change because you will start to see hearts and lives transformed. If somebody says, pray for my child, pray for them right then, but then let them know that you're going to be praying for them. And if you've got a child that's on drugs and you tell somebody tonight, pray for them, let's make that commitment that you're going to pray for that spouse or that child that is on drugs, and they will be delivered. We have got to rescue the perishing. And you can't do it by yourself. You have to do it with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to do it with intercession, and you have to believe in his mighty power and believe that God can do anything. A woman asked me earlier, that what if my husband never thinks about me? What if he says, or, you know, she heard somebody else said that, they're, they never thought about them the whole time they were gone. Well, Bob was not that case. He called me up and talked to me a lot about what he was doing with all these other women, and we talked about that as, as with somebody else. I, I, you know that. And I, I said, God, why is he doing this? And you know what? It's, he said, so you know how to pray against what's going on with him. Are you opening your ears? Are you choosing to love them unconditionally? Are you, let's go to Matthew 6 while you're at Matthew 4. Let's go to Matthew 6. And Tim, I don't have a time on my thing, so I'm going to be like Rick. I'm just going to go to 930 because I have no idea. We, we unplugged this, so I have no, I need a, a cell phone because I have no idea what it is. I can go any time, as long as I want at this point. Um, but anyway, um, rest, Matthew 6, 33. I'm not going to read about do not worry, but you can read do not worry tonight or tomorrow, verses 25 to 34. But verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We must ask the Lord to change us first. There's a CD that I made that says, Change Me First. That came about five years, ten years after I wrote and did Change My Spouse First. Because I was saying, it's, Please change my spouse. It's not about me. I'm perfect. And you all think you are too. 
guess what? You're not, you know? And if you think you are perfect, you need to get the mirror and look at yourself and God will start to speak to you and tell you what you're doing wrong. <clears throat> and you think that, you think that, thank you. You think that um, God doesn't know what you're doing. Well, he does. And so that's a big problem because you're not hiding it from the one that knows everything and you are in trouble. So I want you to know that Psalm 18, let's go to Psalm 18. <clears throat> Excuse me. Psalm 18. I want you to take responsibility for your own behavior, your own actions, your own thoughts. I know we're in a battle. I know the battle is in our mind, but you can take captive every thought and you go to, to just what they said tonight. Philippians, one of the people said, Philippians 7, no, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, verse 9, or 8 or 9. But I want you to know that you can take captive in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5, that you can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And we must take captive our thoughts where the devil says, let's get out of this. Forget it. You know, I'm not going to do this any longer. Let's just go to do this. Let's go do that. That's not right. That is allowing the devil to deceive you with the thoughts of your mind. You put your thoughts of your mind to be what the word says, what the truth says. And that says, verse Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave cold around me. The snares of death confronted me. But in my distress, I called to the Lord, and I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came before him into his ears. And it goes on and on all about what happens. But he reached from on high, verse 16, took hold of me and drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me, verse 17, from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to my, the cleanliness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning away from God. All his laws are before me. I'm not turned away from his decrees. I've been blameless before him and kept myself from sin. The Lord's rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in sight. I'm going to cut there, read all of Psalm 18. But there is rewards 
for your holiness, your Christ-likeness, and you not living a double lifestyle. Not living in one way at home and living one way outside. You have to say the Lord knows everything about our hearts and we are to stand fast and firm and stand rooted in the word of God. And I'm going to say something else. You know what we need to do? We, I say, I challenge you to read the word of God daily. Well, I'm going to challenge you to do one thing else. I want you to read the word and then I like you to study the word. And I've talked about it before, but I'm going to emphasize it through the holidays because we are busy and we don't have time. And I challenge you to set your alarm clock 30 minutes earlier. And I think it would take 30 minutes to really to give God time to, to put him first in your life and first in your morning. And if you don't, a morning person, I can relate to that. That's me. But I then do it at bedtime. And I love my bedtime. I stay up an hour later than I planned because I don't do 30 minutes. I end up doing it for an hour. But I want you to study the Word of God and learn up to turn and your reference in the middle. I have a reference cent cent um, center in the reference of all these different other scriptures you can go to. But you can do a, a, a Bible study on, on marriage restoration. You can take any one of our devotionals and, and cross-reference those scriptures. Cross-reference them. You will go deeper, deeper, deeper into the word of God and the power of God. And Psalm 18, do a cross-reference on that and you will really realize the power of God. You can do it on anyone. Do Psalm 51, where David had committed adultery, committed murder, and do a cross-reference where he repented and turned his life around and he was transformed and had a heart after God's heart. We need to understand that God is out there to rescue us from our sinfulness and our weaknesses, our failures, and he's there also. He is our deliverer. He is your spouse's, your wife's deliverer. We have to pray and pray for a breakthrough that the wife and the husbands and the children don't believe the lies. Is what we talked about last month. The lies of the enemy. But we don't want to fall in a trap that we don't have to read the word and we don't have to study the word. We really don't need to know the word. Well, that's a lie because I'm living proof of what it did to me and my marriage because I listened to two people and I, didn't, I took surveys. Take, stop taking surveys. Stop talking to all the people and get serious and talking to God and asking him to give you a rhema word, to give you promises from God, and then write them down in a notebook and praise them and do those personalized prayers we have. Well, I want you to think that, you know, I want you to think that God is a God of miracles. Now, I'm going to give you a simple story that I had to share because two women and their dogs were rescued after five months adrift in the Pacific Ocean. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know their faith. I don't know anything at all. But I know that they had a food for a year, and, and it was oatmeal, but let me just say, that's what they said on TV. But I don't 
I don't know if TV is true, so I'm not going to tell you that's right. But CNN wrote, two women from Hawaii were lost at sea for nearly five months, having been rescued by the U.S. Navy. Jennifer and, and Tasha and their two dogs were found Wednesday, adrifting 900 miles southwest, southeast of Japan, a Navy statement said. It was incredibly emotional. It was so satisfying to know the men and women that serve our country would come and assist us. Ace, it says, it was actually quite mind-blowing, incredibly humbling. Ape Appel, um, which is Jennifer, said the situation prior to the rescue as very depressing and very hopeless. When I saw the great boat on the edge of the horizon, my heart light leaped because I knew we were about to be saved, because I honestly believed we were going to die within the next 24 hours. God is a rescuer. I just have this belief that I believe there was somebody somewhere that was praying for two missing women that had not found their bodies, not found their boat, and God answered a prayer. I believe that. I believe that if you just keep, go deep down enough, that it could have been somebody that said my, my so-and-so, and it could have been a believer at work or anybody, but there only needs one person to start praying for them. I am asking you to believe that regardless of what your husband's circumstances or wife's circumstances are, that you will believe that nothing, nothing is too hard. We are praying for miracles, miracles of that God, as they sang so beautifully about breathing into the dead of, the, of their heart and life is dead. Well, Ezekiel 37, I've always got to, to me there, and he said, your marriage is dead, but I'm going to breathe life into your dead marriage. And I want you to believe that regardless if your spouse or child is on drugs or if they're in, into pornography or gambling, or they have another woman or a non-covenant marriage, it does not matter. It matters that God has spoken to you multiple times, giving you promises from God, and to say, my word says, I hate divorce. God's word says that. It says it over and over in many places. What God has put together, let man, not man separate. And we want you to believe that God is a God of miracles, regardless of your circumstances. Rick said he's messed up, and he's learned how to control his anger issues. Yes, we're all going to have to change and be more Christ-like. But I'm asking you to believe that God can do anything, and nothing, nothing is too hard. If you will get to that point in your heart and life, then you will not be tempted to have your eyes stray on a woman. Or your heart will not stray for a man. Or you won't take off your wedding rings and you'll keep them on to keep the uh, vultures away from you that are looking for an affair that doesn't matter if you're married or not. I just want you for tonight. That's one night stand. You don't, you've got to understand that. This world is getting more evil and more evil. So when you put on this, this is saying, God, I'm, I'm put, Bob put these on, and what God has put them on, let not man separate. 
So we've got to say, in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my heart and my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Thanksgiving is here. Thanksgiving is coming. And we are going to, and if you um, have signed up for hiding God's word in your heart, you're going to be learning many scriptures of thanksgiving, of thankfulness. And I am challenging you that regardless of your circumstances, God wants us to be praising the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, and with thanksgiving, thank him for what we have for today. And you know what? Then we can pray for tomorrow, what we need tomorrow. There, uh, I went to a Lori's church, and another ministry we support is Hope Children's Home, which is an orphanage in Tampa. And we've done that for 15, 20 years. And they are teaching their children to pray for cereal or for bread. And he shared at the service how the kids prayed and the very next day, the prayers were answered. And how God hears our prayers. And he's teaching the children, nothing is too big or too hard for God. May we be like that. May we believe God is going to answer our prayers. Psalm 106, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Our Lord wants us to stop murmuring, complaining, but he wants us to start thanking him for what we do have. Let's turn to um, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to give you four scriptures that you can maybe memorize, even though you're not into our group. You can join it, but 1 Corinthians 15, verses 15. Chapter 15. 57. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I know, I know that if you would just take that scripture, those few verses, and do a cross-reference, man, what are the scriptures going to say to you afterwards? And Philippians 4, I'm going to go to 2 Thessalonians I think it's 1 Thessalonians, actually. Um, and I'm going to take you to chapter 5, and it's 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. And I'm just going to... It's, the whole chapter is good, but I'm just going to take you to verse 16. 
Well, actually, I'll go back to 15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always <clears throat> try to be kind to each other. Be joyful always. There's that rejoice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And you have to read that again. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire and do not try prophecy with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus the Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He will do it. And go to Luke 18 and read about the widow and how the Lord says, go to the just, unjust judge and you just keep praying and don't give up. So I'm saying to all of you that the Lord is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Prayer is the answer crying out and knowing that you are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit, that you have the Holy Spirit speak to you morning, noon, and night. And if he's not speaking to you, please go over. I've got going to have Beverly over and, and uh, Deanne over in the other side over here by the table, round table in the back. Actually, we'll do it in the way back. But I'm going to have them pray for you guys. And we're going to pray for miracles. Don't let your circumstances defeat you. That's the devil's lie. That's the devil's lie. Believe and go to the Lord and say, what do you say, Lord? The Lord says, I can do all things. Nothing is too hard for me. And nothing is impossible, as we sang at the very beginning. So we're going to just close now, but I want you to understand the Lord is your deliverer, he's your rescuer, and he's your rescuer for your husband, your wife, and your children, and for lost loved ones. Will you serve the Lord? Will you get serious about standing? And will you be a lighthouse wherever you're at? I pray, that's why I, I said that at the beginning, is be a lighthouse. Be a light, shining light into this dark world. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word. We thank you for all that you have shown us, all that you have said, and how much it's been repeated over and over and over again. Thank you for, for, um, for us hearing the Teen Challenge testimonies and the truth that they had of them needing a father in their home. Oh, women, may that wake us up around the world that as mad and angry we may be with our husbands or wives that have done things, may we choose to stand in a gap to re resurrect and restore our marriages. And may we take our husbands back and may we pray for the salvation of all of our children and family members to be saved and go to church and not wear a mask, but learn to be a men and women of God that are blameless and we have a pure heart. 
Lord, as, as Rick said, that he is changing more each and every day. He's not perfect, and none of us are perfect. But Lord, I pray that you will take all the people that have anger and bitterness and hatred toward their husband or wives tonight, that you will choose to seek the Lord. You will choose to lay all that anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is huge. Your marriages could be restored if you would get rid of that unforgiveness. We have husbands that are, have changed and been transformed and saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, but now their wives will not forgive them of their past. Jesus did, but they won't. Lord, that's not true. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Lord, I pray that you would touch husbands and wives around the world that are together and that they will never leave and they'll stay and they will work on their marriage and and study it and go to marriage counseling or go and do a marriage. Uh, there's devotionals that you can do together at home. And may you open up the Bible and start learning how to strengthen your marriage and make it all that God created marriage to be. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do through the holidays. And I challenge everyone to join me and RMM family to fast one meal a day to break the strongholds, to deliver our spouses from the darkness that they're in and children that are, that are in. And may we learn Isaiah 58 and learn what God says about fasting and praying. Lord, may we choose to get serious about standing and pay a little deeper price by fasting and praying and spending more time studying God's word each and every day because we will reap the rewards if we will spend the time seeking the Lord and his righteousness. Lord, change us. Change us to be more Christ-like each and every day, and we will just give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.